Denial denies the ability to change. Denial denies the ability to change. Just think about that for a little second. Think if you can agree with that or disagree with that. Numbers chapter 21. Last week, we spent uh, our time looking at the children of Israel, and they had to encompass the land of Edom, which we learned last week was the land of Esau. And because they had to encompass the land instead of going through it, um, they began to complain against Moses, and they began to complain even against God, and they began to talk about uh, the things that God had provided for them. They began to talk about the fact that God did not uh, um, bring them into the land that they uh, were supposed to be in, and they began to blame God for many things. And because of this, then God decides that he's going to send what the Bible calls fiery serpents into their midst, and they begin to bite the people. And the Bible says that many of the people died. They realize their sin, and they come to Moses, and they ask forgiveness from God. God instructs Moses then to make a brass serpent and put it on a pole and present it to the people so that they might look upon it and live. Imagine with me, if you would, though, in that story, if there were some people that were in denial. Imagine they said something like this, we're not sick. We're not going to die. Well, you would then ask this question, hopefully. Well, did a fiery serpent bite you? Well, yes, of course the fiery serpent bit me. Well, that makes that you are going to die because anybody knows that if you get bit by a poisonous snake, if you don't take the time to treat it properly, you're not going to last too long right? Rattlesnakes, all kinds of different snakes in the world that are poisonous. If you let one bite you and you don't do anything about it, it will not be long until something bad happens to you, okay? Snake bite equals bad things, okay? So you can reason with them. And so then you would ask something like this. If you've been bit by a snake, well, what makes you think that you're not going to die? Perhaps they would answer something to this effect. I don't know. I just know I'm not going to die. And you would shake your head and you would just go, I just don't understand that. Here's the thing. Denial denies the ability to change. You see, if somebody's been bitten by a snake, they are going to die. And if you're in denial about that and say, well, I'm not going to die, then you will have no reason to change. You'll have no reason to look at the brass serpent and you'll have no reason to look there and hopefully live. If you don't realize you have a problem, then you don't realize the need for change. However, I want you to think about something else with me. Awareness increases the likelihood of change. Now think about that one. Awareness increases the likelihood of change. Being aware. Hello, you've been bit. Okay, I'm aware of that. Hello, that's bad things that happens when you are bit by a poisonous snake, okay, I'm aware of that. That increases the likelihood of you changing, of you looking, of you asking for help. It would increase the likelihood in this story that they would look to the brass serpent and that they would live. I want to go to Numbers chapter 21, and I want to read you this same story that we read last week. And I want to go just a little bit of a different direction with you. Numbers 21, the Bible says in verse 4, and they journeyed from Mount Hor by the way of the Red Sea to compass the land of Edom. 
And the soul of the people was much discouraged because of the way. And the people spake against God and against Moses, wherefore have ye brought us up out of Egypt to die in the wilderness? For there is no bread, neither is there any water, and our soul loatheth this light bread. And the Lord sent fiery serpents among the people, and they bit the people, and much people of Israel died. Therefore, the people came to Moses and said, We have sinned, for we have spoken against the Lord and against thee. Pray unto the Lord that he take away the serpents from us. And Moses prayed for the people, verse 8, And the Lord said unto Moses, Make thee a fiery serpent, and set it upon a pole, and it shall come to pass, that everyone that is bitten, when he looketh upon it, shall live. And Moses made a serpent of brass, and put it upon a pole, and it came to pass that if a serpent had bitten any man, when he beheld the serpent of brass, he lived. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for the opportunity. Thank you for allowing us to be here this morning, and Father, thank you that the power is on, something we often take for granted. Father, we pray that you would continue to help us uh, this morning as we look at this subject of defeating death. And Father, I pray that you would open our hearts and help us to see what it is you want for us from this passage. We love you so much. Thank you for dying on the cross for our sins. Thank you for the song that were sung this morning. We love you so much. In Jesus' name, amen. I do want to preach to you a message I've entitled this morning, Simply Defeating Death. In Numbers chapter 21, it's very simple to see that you have an opportunity to remove yourself from death and bring yourself to life. If you're going to overcome, if you're going to conquer death, then you must look at the brass serpent. Very simple, very uh, easy, but nonetheless, there are some things that I think we can learn from this passage of Scripture. The first thing that I want you to see is those affected. Those affected. If you look in verse 6 of Numbers chapter 21, the Bible says, And the Lord sent fiery serpents among the people, and they, being the serpents, bit the people, and much people of Israel died. So those affected. Who were the ones who were in imminent danger of death? Just think about it for a second. Who were the ones who were in imminent danger of death? Well, duh, Pastor Yeomans the people who were bitten by the snake, right? Is everybody with me? Can you give me a smile or shake your head or something? All right. This, this is not difficult, but these are the ones that are affected. The people who were bitten are the ones that were affected. Now, the Bible does not say or record for us that the people who were bitten, it doesn't tell us who it was. It doesn't tell us if they were wrong, if they were right, if they were old, if they were young. The Bible doesn't tell us any of that. The Bible says that there were just people who were bitten and many died. So we don't know if it was all the people who murmured or complained against Moses and God. We don't know that. We don't know if it was people who were uh, rejecting to go in the promised land. We don't know that. But this we do know. Many people died. Many people, those that were affected by imminent death, were those who were bitten. And very simply, what was the result of being bitten? The result of being bitten was death. Very simply, this is not a difficult situation. This is not something hard to understand. But the Bible says at the end of verse 6, and much people of Israel died. It's not a strange wonder that if you were bitten by a poisonous snake without proper treatment, you would die. There were many people that died. So those affected were those that were bitten. 
the result of those being bitten is simply death. So secondly, I want you to see their awareness. I want you to see their awareness. Look at verse 7 with me. Their awareness. The Bible says this, Therefore, because much people of Israel died, therefore the people came to Moses and said, We have sinned. For we have spoken against the Lord and against thee. Pray unto the Lord that he take away the serpents from us. And Moses prayed for the people. You see, they weren't in denial about this. They weren't saying, no, listen, you know what? We are just being bitten by snakes. We're totally happy with being bitten by snakes. We're totally happy with seeing everybody die. It's totally fine with us. We're, we, in fact, we didn't even do anything wrong, so I don't even know why we're getting bitten by these snakes. But nonetheless, we're not, they weren't in denial about this. They were very aware of what's going on. They were very conscious. Hey, we have sinned. Look at that verse again, verse 7. And they came to Moses and said, we have sinned. We did wrong, Moses. We did wrong. We want to make this right. We did something wrong. They're very aware of what is going on. They realized that they needed help. They realized that they could not overcome this on their own. It must be someone else. They confessed their sin. We have sinned. And then they said, they named the sin. Look at this with me in verse 7. They named it and said, we have sinned for we have spoken against the Lord and against thee. So not only are they saying, listen, we have sinned, now they're making it very specific of what they sinned about. They're, making, they're, they're, not, they're not mincing any numbers. They're, they're, not, they're not doing anything. They're saying, listen, I sinned. Here's what I did. This is where I was wrong. And then they ask. So they're very aware of their situation. They're very aware of what's going on. They were specific. This was a sin against, you, against God and against you, Moses. Their awareness, get this, their awareness now made them eligible for change. Because they were aware, because they realized what was going on, now they are eligible. Now they are in line. Now they are queued up to be changed. But number three, I want you to see their acceptance. Their acceptance. If you'll look at the end of verse 7. They say this, pray unto who? The Lord. Pray unto the Lord that he take away the serpents from us. You see, their acceptance was they realized that they could do nothing in and of themselves to get these serpents to go away. Could they start beating them with sticks? Yes, probably. But that would mean more people would die because they're getting closer to the snakes. Could they try and do something to get rid of these snakes? Absolutely, they probably could. But that did not help those people that were bitten. Notice that. That would not help the people who were already bitten because those people, those were the ones who were affected. Those were the ones who were really condemned to death. And so here we are. They need someone else to help. And they realize that only God can make this change. Look again with verse 7. Pray unto the Lord that he take away the serpents. It's only God that can do something. It's only God that can make this change. Now let me ask you a question. Could God have just taken the serpents away, taken all the poison out of everybody's body, and just let them go on their way? We're getting a lot of head shakes this way. That's good, yes. 
God absolutely has the power to remove the serpents and to remove poison out of your body. Absolutely, 100%. If he can create the world, if he can speak the world into existence, he can absolutely do that. God has the power to do that. But the fact of the matter is this. God doesn't often work that way. Israel, get this now, Israel had chosen to sin. Israel had chosen to sin. They chose in their mind to come to Moses and complain to Moses and about God and say, we are sick of this. We don't want to travel here anymore. We don't want to go around Edom. We want to go through Edom. We, don't want, we just want to be in the promised land. And our soul loatheth, hates, despises this light bread that God provides every morning. They chose that. And because Israel chose to sin, now they must choose to live. When you choose to sin, you must choose to live. And so, could God have taken that away? Yes, he absolutely could have. But instead, he provides something for them, for them to choose to live. You see, awareness, awareness increases the likelihood of change. And so if you're aware of your surroundings and you realize that, listen, God has provided a way for me, then you can choose to live. Do you realize that our choices have consequences? Every choice you make has a consequence. Our choices can bring good or they can bring bad. And here's the interesting thing about God is God works based on our choices. Is that not amazing to you? That almighty God in heaven works based on our choices. So here's the deal. Again, I'm just trying to paint a picture for you. They choose to sin. They choose to complain against God. God works based upon that. What does he do? He sends fiery serpents into their midst. And then they come and make a choice to confess before God and say, we have sinned. We spoke against Moses and against God. Based on that choice, God then again does something. And so every choice you make has consequences, whether for good or whether for bad. And God works based on those choices. So God made them choose. Well, you say, Pastor Yomas, it's not a very hard choice. No, it's not. It's not a very hard choice to look upon the serpent, the brass serpent, and live. That is not a difficult choice at all. In fact, you would think, Duh, why would you not? Even if you didn't know if you'd been bitten. Maybe you got bitten at night and you just didn't know, you know. Maybe you thought maybe I was sleeping and maybe you had a bad dream and it felt like I got bit, but I don't really know. What would you do? I'd look anyway. What? There's no effort given, much effort given, to look at a brass serpent. I'm looking at you all right now. This is not difficult. Well... And so the worst case scenario, absolute worst case scenario, was that someone from the outer skirts of the camp would have maybe had to walk into the center of the camp to see it. I don't know if they had binoculars back then. I have no idea. But all they had to do was look at the serpent, and they would live. So God made them choose. God made them do something. I want you to think about this. Faith always involves you taking a step onto something God provides. 
Faith always involves you taking a step onto something God provides. Do you realize that God provided a way for them to get out of death? All they had to do was take that step onto something that God had already provided. All they had to do was look at that brass serpent that God had provided for them. They sinned. They confessed. God provided for them a way of escape, and they had to put their faith in that brass serpent to be healed. But you see, the story does not end there. I want you to go with me to John chapter 3. John chapter 3. Verse 14, if you would. John chapter 3 and verse 14. John chapter 3 and verse 14. The Bible says this. Watch now. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, watch, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up. Why? That whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have eternal life. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God sent not His Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through Him might be saved. Verse 18, He that believeth on Him is not condemned. But he that believeth not is condemned. Watch this, the word already. We're going to talk about that. Because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. And this is the condemnation that light is come into the world. And men loved darkness rather than light. Because their deeds were evil. For everyone that doeth evil hateth the light. Neither cometh to the light, lest his deeds should be reproved. But he that doeth truth cometh to the light that his deeds may be manifest, that they are wrought in God. So if you'll allow me, I'd like to go back through this passage. Because even as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up. So I want to go back through this passage, and I want to give you the same three points. Number one, those affected. Those affected. If you'll look at verse 15 with me again, the Bible says that whosoever believeth in him, should not perish. You see, the Bible says that whosoever, who is this whosoever? Whosoever is whoever needs it. So anybody who needs to look upon Jesus Christ, whoever needs that is eligible. Okay, so who needs it? Let's let's go to Romans chapter 3. Romans chapter 3, who needs it? Exactly. Romans chapter 3 and verse 23. The Bible says this, For all have sinned. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Okay. I think I can believe that. But what does that mean for me? 
If you turn a few pages over to Romans chapter 6 and verse 23, the Bible says this, for the wages of sin is death. So, those who need it are those who have sinned, which the Bible says is all. And those who sin, the Bible says the wages of that sin is death. And so if we're going to equate things, you have been bitten by the snake of sin. And the snake of sin, again, it's poisonous. It will cause you to die. Inevitably, someone will say this. Well, I haven't sinned. I'm not going to die. Well, the Bible says that lying is a sin. And I would beg anyone to say that you've never told a lie. Not even a little white one. Because the Bible says that those who lie sin against God. So if you have ever told a lie, you are a sinner. Well, Pastor Yomas, that doesn't mean that I'm going to die. Well, the Bible says again that the wages of sin is death. And in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 22, the Bible says, For as in Adam, all die. You see, all are sinners, which means all die. And so whosoever is everyone. Whosoever is everyone, those affected is everyone. All of us are sinners. All of us are going to die. The, the punishment, the payment for those things uh, is death. Well, again, Pastor Jones, I just don't think that that's enough to make me die. Can I bring to your attention the first thing that we said in this message was denial denies the ability to change. And so if you say, listen, Pastor Jones, I don't think I'm going to die because I've told a lie. You can believe that, but denial denies the ability to change. And if you're here today and you are in denial about sin, could I ask you just one thing? You say, I'm not going to die. I don't think I'm a sinner. Could I ask you one thing? Would you just ask God if you're a sinner? Just ask him. And I, I'm dead serious. Just ask him. Again, if we're the children of Israel and we're standing here and we're being bitten by snakes and we go to God and we say, God, we have sinned. God didn't say, oh, no, 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 you didn't. He said, all right, here's a way to, to get out of that. And so let me ask you just one thing. Just ask God. Ask him to show you whether or not you have done wrong against you. Against him, excuse me. I guarantee this, God will tell you the truth. So number one, we see those affected, and I believe it's everyone. Number two, I want you to see their awareness. Their awareness. You see, we need to realize that we need help. Because of sin, we deserve to die. And in 1 John chapter 1 and verse 9, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to what? Forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. You see, there's someone that can do it. We cannot. We must be aware. We must be understanding, aware of our surroundings. I've sinned. I've done wrong against God. And there is nothing that I can do to make it. So what must I do? I must confess my sins before God. So their awareness, number three, is their acceptance. 
their acceptance. If you would look at verse chapter 3 and verse 15 and 16 again. The Bible says that whosoever believeth in him, who's him? The Son of Man, found in verse 14. And in verse 16, we see this. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him, who's Him? The begotten Son, which is Jesus Christ. Verse 17, for God sent not His Son. These are, this is the person we must realize that we must believe in the only begotten Son of God. We must realize that only God can change this. We must realize that there is no other way for us to have our sins forgiven than through the death of Jesus Christ. There is no other way. John chapter 14 and verse 6 says this. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. You see, only through Jesus Christ. How else could the children of Israel, how else could they have lived could they have lived any other way? No. The Bible says that only if you look at the brass serpent can you live. And Jesus says much the same thing. Only by me can you live. And in here, the Bible says that we can have eternal life. And in verse 16, everlasting life. You see, we're talking about defeating death. And we can have eternal life. If you go to Acts chapter 4 with me. Acts chapter 4, please. Acts chapter 4 and verse 10. This is Peter speaking. We'll actually look at this a little bit tonight. The Bible says this, Be it known unto you all and to all the people of Israel, that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom ye crucified, whom God raised from the dead, even by him doth this man stand here before you whole. This is the stone which was set at naught of you builders, which has become the head of the corner. Neither, watch this, is there salvation in any other. For there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Folks, get this. There is no other way to heaven but through Jesus Christ. There is no other way to live eternally but through Jesus Christ. There is no other way to conquer death but through Jesus Christ. The children of Israel could have looked at any brass serpent they wanted to, but it was that one. I'm going to come over here and I'm going to make my own brass serpent. It was that one. The one that God ordained. And Jesus was God's only begotten son, the perfect lamb. Even as Moses was lifted, lifted a serpent in the wilderness, even so must the son of man be lifted up. So, Pastor Yeomans, you're saying that if I don't trust Jesus, if I don't believe that he died for my sins, if I don't trust him to take me to heaven, then I am going to die and spend an eternity in hell. That's what you're saying. The answer to that question is found in the rest of John chapter 3. Look at verse 17 with me, if you would. John chapter 3 
verse 17. Watch this now. This is key. The Bible says, For God sent not His Son into the world to condemn the world. So listen, God did not send Jesus Christ into the world to condemn everyone. He did not, the message that he brought was, you are not, it was not, you are going to hell. That was not his message. His message was not to condemn everyone. Watch this in verse 17. But that the world through him might be saved. You see, his message was, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Repent, we want you to come to heaven. Repent, it's about heaven. His message was not about condemnation. But look at verse 18. He that believeth on him is not condemned. So that's good news, right? If you believe on Jesus Christ, you're not condemned. You're not determined to go to death. But, look at this, he that believeth not is condemned already. Why? Because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. You see, here's where I believe many people get it wrong. The serpent, the brass serpent, was not put up so that everybody would go, oh no, I'm going to die. They were already going to die. The brass serpent was God's way of allowing them a chance to live. So, had Jesus Christ never come, we would all be dead in our sins. Because sin is death. Being bitten by a snake was death. And so God said, let me provide a way for you to escape, to defeat death. Listen, if you do not trust in Jesus Christ, you are not taking the step that God provided for you. Oh, you're not being condemned to hell because of that. You're being condemned to hell because of your sin. They were put in place so that people might be saved. Condemnation comes because you don't believe already. Life comes from believing. Sin made us going to die anyway. God just made a way that you could get out of that punishment. I'm telling you what right now. I was, I was spanked as a child. And if ever there was a time that my parents said, you can get out of this. Here's a way. Do you think I was going to take it? Absolutely. Absolutely. Because I didn't want to get spanked. I didn't want to be punished. Did I have the punishment coming to me anyway? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Probably more than I would like to admit. But here's the fact. God said, I want to make a way. And Jesus says, I am the way. So the question still remains, well, why wouldn't you look? Why wouldn't you trust in Jesus Christ? Here's what I believe, and I believe this is found in the Bible. Most people don't look to Jesus because then they would have to admit that they were wrong and that they needed help. I've talked to many people about Jesus Christ, and I've heard this many times. I don't need a crutch. I don't need a crutch 
You know what they're saying to me? I don't need somebody to help me. I can do it on my own. I'm okay. You know what they're in? Denial. You cannot make change unless you're aware. Look at verse 19 and 20, 19 to 21 of verse of John chapter 3. The Bible says this, and this is the condemnation. That light has come into the world. And men love darkness rather than the light. Why? Because their deeds are evil. The condemnation is that light came into the world. And now you realize, oh, this sin is condemning me. Verse 20, for everyone that doeth evil hateth the light. That his deeds may, oh, excuse me, hateth the light, neither cometh to the light, lest his deeds should be reproved. How many of you like to be told you're wrong? Anybody? I'm the only one standing up here with my hand raised because I really don't like to be told I'm wrong. So why in the world would people not look at the brass serpent? You know why? Because if they did, they would have to say, I was wrong. They would actually have to confess that. They would actually have to say, listen, I need help. Look at verse 21. But he that doeth truth cometh to the light. Why? That his deeds may be made manifest or brought to light. The moment that you accept, the moment that you look to Jesus Christ, the moment that you believe in him, you are saying, I have sinned. I deserve to go to a place called hell. I deserve to die. And the Bible calls to be cast in the lake of fire, which is called the second death. I deserve that. And no longer do I want to go to that place and I realize that I need someone else to help me. And so I'm going to look to Jesus Christ and I'm going to see him and I'm going to realize that he paid the penalty for my sin. You say, Pastor Yeomans, that's way too easy. Just like it was easy for people to look at a brass serpent, it is that easy to put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ and for him to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. The result of all this is found in verse 15 and 16 again. Eternal life and everlasting life. The defeat of death can happen. The defeat of death can happen, but it will only happen if we put our faith in the one that God has put in place to save us from our punishment. I've heard it said that there are many paths to heaven. Unfortunately, that's just not true. The Bible says that there's only one way, and that's Jesus, because we have a punishment to pay. Won't you look on Jesus today? As I look across this room, there are some people in here that I just don't know. Some of you I think I know. But won't you just look to Jesus today? If you've never looked to Jesus, you never trusted him for your sin problem, just like the children of Israel had to look at a brass serpent, would you do that and look to Jesus Christ for your salvation? Jesus will save you. But you must trust him. He will not just say, okay, no more problems, no more sin, 
I'm going to take every, I'm going to take the poison out of your body. No, no. You must take the step. Faith always, faith always causes us to make, take a step that God, onto something that God has provided. God has provided Jesus Christ for you. Will you take the step? I'm going to ask your heads to be bowed and your eyes to be closed, please.